Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our series on the nature of the word, part two, authority. Welcome back, listeners, Brian. Everyone, everywhere, Everyone, how's it going? Wherever you are in the world, <laughs> in the whole. Hey, we actually we, we do, do have, have internet. We are international. Yep, we've had one or two hits. Uh, I can't remember where one was. Like I in, know there's one in England. England. Yeah, one was in like Ireland or something. Yes. Yeah, so our international listeners, thanks for joining us. Yes, uh, we're very uh, humbled that we two Midwestern guys yes. in Indiana. Yep. You're listening to us, so thank we hope you. That, that, yeah, we hope that it's actually beneficial to you. You're not just like, wow, what a bunch of <laughs> idiots. <laughs> that may be why people listen. Maybe. Hey, you know, <laughs> God uses, God uses uh, uh, you know, all sorts of people. So um, we're well, here talking about, we're going to get into our nature of the word. We're going to talk about a super important topic today. Yes. If you haven't listened to last week's, go back and listen to, we're talking about uh, canonicity, translation. That's sort of like a ground of uh, foundation uh, kind of episode that lays out some of the history of the Bible and things like that. Kind of what is the Bible. And so now we're going to talk about kind of the, the nature of it, like the characteristics, I guess, of the scriptures now. And, uh, and so today we're getting into this, this idea that the Bible is the authority, the the thing that tells it basically has the right to tell all of mankind what is good and right and true. Um, and so we're gonna get into all of that. and uh, and so you know, why why do you think, Brian, that this is so important though? Like is it it does it matter that we have an authority or is it just a help you know, is the Bible really in charge or is it just another helpful thing? Well, God designed our world to need and want authority. Mm. You know, um, you think about all that, all that God has, you know, the institutions that, that God set up, Mm, you know, and you think about the, because of, uh, because of our fallen nature, God set up governmental structures, uh, because of our redemptive, the redemptive nature, God set up the church, you know? And so there's different authorities, you know, Every every city mm. has a book of laws, or there's traffic codes that you have to follow. You know, every employer has a handbook. Mm. You know, and and these are man-made documents, so they may change yeah. as as decades go on, as as situations change, those things change. One great analogy that I, I love is like sports, for mm. instance, and I think this really helps to kind of qualify or help us to understand what we're talking about. You know, every sport has a rule book. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the authority for that sport. And I love that in football, it says that if you step on the line, you are out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how much of the line you step on. If you step on the line with the, if the you touch it. With, yeah. If you step on it with the little bit of your toe, one mm-hmm. inch of your toe, you're out. And the ball is down at that spot. Yeah. And used to be that the referee had to look at it mm-hmm. with his eyes and there was some infallibility there with mm-hmm. humans, but now we have instant replay and they get it right. You know, it seems like 90, 90 plus percent of the time, yeah. uh, they get it right. They can look and zoom in and see, Oh, and see, he exactly went over the there. line. Yeah. Yeah. And so they always appeal to the rules 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll have a, a uh, you know, on the broadcast, you'll have an actual like explainer of the rules. Someone yeah. to help interpret That's what a I need. former referee <laughs> or a former official that will come and say, here's what they're looking at yeah. in the replay. Here's what they're going to do here. And, uh, but they always appeal to the rule book. Yeah. That's good. Even in like meetings, there's always like, there's uh what's the, what's that rule, the system of rules for different like, meetings. Oh, Robert's rules of order. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting whenever you come to that, because it's like nobody in the room has control over everything. It's really this system of rules that, that it's always to has create to order to. and to yeah. create uh, a sense of like, so everything's not chaos. Yeah. And that's funny. Cause that is all throughout all throughout creation right. at every level of God's or you know order there's there's some sort of authority structures right. um so so we see this authority is a part of life yeah and so i think that's important to understand that for the christian especially uh, the authority for our lives is God's word well and i think that that's the whole point is the authority of all reality is God's word like yeah. God's word is the highest authority that's right. what we are saying here mm-hmm. that's what the we're going to get into that yeah. so was, was there a point in yeah. your life, do you know, when you kind of recognize this authority? I, I, I do. I do. And, you know, growing up my whole life, I knew the Bible was important. And it, and it kind of was always that, um, just accidentally. But I remember I was in Bible college. It was my first semester. And I was in a class with uh, Dr. Draper, Charles Draper. And he said, everyone believes something for no good reason. And when you find something in the Bible that contradicts what you believe... Stop believing what you mm. believe and believe the Bible instead, because that's, that's what God mm. says. And it just clicked. It just clicked. It hit me. I was like, wow, I don't have to wonder about what's right and true. All I have to do is just agree with the Bible. And that and that changed my life. Uh, it, it made it made things easier. It's not to say that I've always done that easily. Sure. But I knew that that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, so how about you? Did you have a time? I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, I became a Christian as a teenager and that was sort of like a, a presupposition at my church that you believed the word of God as an authority. Um, so I don't know that I necessarily like had a moment, had a moment. just kind of grew into right, it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely as I, I, like you, as I went to Bible college, more recognizing, um, you know, the word of God as, you know, central to my Christian walk yeah. and my uh, you know, you, you know, when I first became a Christian church was, uh, the central kind of theme of my Christian walk. Right. And, uh, I had to move beyond that. Not to say that church is not tr- very, very important, right. but I had to move beyond that and know that God's word is yeah. the central, uh, thing as I grow in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. It's funny how I think you can have, it's kind of like salvation. Like you can have moments where it's like, boom, it hits you mm-hmm. and you can have it just like just kind of gradually happens to you. And, um, so let's talk about this though. So why, why do we think that the Bible is the authority, uh, for all things? Why, why would we say this? Where are we getting this from? Uh, we have a lot of our notes, you know, we've been looking at, uh, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. So a lot that we have here is from that. It's a super helpful resource. Um, and so we're just going to kind of walk through some of this stuff as to why we believe Yeah, and this. I'll also get a plug-in. There's WayneGrudem.com, I yes, believe, yeah. and he has lectures and, and notes and things there that you can listen to, and that stuff's super helpful if you're not um, able to sit down and read you know, yeah. or, or don't have the time. You can listen to some of this stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, so, so helpful. So the first thing we want to get to is the fact that like one of the reasons why we believe this is because 
the the Bible claims. So so all the words. So first of all, what are we saying? All of the words in Scripture are God's words. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why we think that the Bible is authority, Scripture is our authority, is because we believe it comes from God, right? Right. And so why do we believe that? Because the Bible actually says that, right? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the, the Bible, in a sense, claims its own authority, you mm-hmm. know, and, and one really key foundational text is 2 Timothy 3, yes. 16, where it says, all scripture is God breathed. And this word God breathed is where we get the uh, idea of inspiration or influence of God over the word. And, you know, we'll talk more about what inspiration means, mm-hmm. uh, inerrancy and those kind of things oh, yeah. next week. But I think we, we do need to have a kind of a cursory knowledge and understanding that God has, uh, you know, as, as he has given us these words, every word, every, um, sentence, every phrase has been inspired mm-hmm. and, and given by him. And so it's it's as if he's breathed out all of these words. Yeah, a lot of the prophets from the Old Testament would say, "Thus says the Lord," and they would and they would then proclaim what God told them to say. So you have a lot of different. So sometimes God actually dictated to people exactly word for word what to say, but then other times God, like you said, he it was it was inspired in their writing process through through their relationship with God. And uh, but the point is, all of it, all of it, ultimately comes from God through human beings. And I, I think it's really interesting that even in the writing of God's word, it's all of God's words, and it's all of people's words. They're writing it too. Right. You have then you have the logos become flesh, right? Mm-hmm. The word become flesh. You have Jesus, who is the fullest manifestation of who God is, who is fully God and fully man. So you have this really cool kind of like pointer to Jesus, even in the way that the Bible was written. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we see that the Bible says it is it is God breathed. All scriptures God breathed. Um, you know, Second Peter one twenty one says that prophecy didn't come from human will, uh, but prophets, uh, you know, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that I mean, there's definitely an illusion that the Old Testament that the, the writers of the new Testament looked at the old Testament, yeah. um, you know, and then of course we know from last week, the early church fathers looked at the new Testament yeah. work. Was there any inclination from the new Testament writers that they knew they were writing God's word? That's great. Yeah. And, and this is really important because otherwise you'll just think of the new Testament as like a commentary, but uh second Peter three sixteen Peter Specifically talking about Paul, he says he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which we would say, yep, that's true, uh, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So mm-hmm. Peter saw Paul's writings as scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about uh, his own writing as being from the Holy Spirit and, and from God. Right, so let in 1 Corinthians 14, is that mm-hmm. what you're... Yeah, yes. Let mm-hmm. them acknowledge what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. Yes. You know, they saw themselves, the apostles saw themselves 
uh, in a in an authoritative position, you know, humbly, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, because they did write about that as well. well. Paul, yeah, Paul's like, I don't. He basically is saying like, I don't, I don't know why God chose me to do right. this, but He did, and so right. I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just cool. We can say, you know, look at the the hum- humility of these guys. Right. Um, so there are these claims within the Bible, and so you know. But why do we believe that right, though? Because right. like anybody can say anything. <laughs> like why would you right. believe it? Um, the the point is is we are eventually convinced by the claim as we read it. As you read it, you you are convinced by it. But that's not just something that happens in your mind, right? Right. There there's more going on here. There's well, I think I think as a happening. yeah, as a person comes to faith in the Lord, and you know, someone does not necessarily have to believe. The word of God is inerrant, infallible as they come to faith. But as they grow in their faith, that becomes a, a belief that they quickly adhere to because they see the word of God working in their lives to disciple them. And that, that's exactly what scripture tells us, that the word of God works in us. The Holy Spirit works those things in us so that we can grow in faith. And so whether you believe that or not, as you grow, you understand that wow, this really is God's word. And there is something different stepping across the line of faith where you're an unbeliever to believer from death to life. These words take on um, new life. You know, you can read them as an unbeliever and you're kind of like, wow, huh? And kind of question. But when you become a believer and you read them, it's like they become alive. Well, and even even if you're not a believer, like as you're reading them, the Holy Spirit you know, if he's drawing you to himself, right. like that's how, that's how he does it, you know? And he like draws and you like start to see things you didn't see before. And you're like, Oh my goodness. Right. And, it, and it changes you. Um, but that's a spiritual and God and parents. That's why it's so important that we don't just tell our children about the Bible, but we get our children reading the Bible, experiencing the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, in appropriately for their ages, you know, but like, you're not going to give them an ESV study Bible at age, you know, six, right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that's important because, you know, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So so we are convinced of the Bible as we read it because the Holy Spirit is guiding us and helping us mm. understand it. Uh, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, then then we won't even understand what we're reading. Right. Not fully anyways. Yeah. You know, there are, there are some outside evidences. Uh, they're, they're useful, but they're ultimately not. I mean, all of this stuff is not ultimately convincing. Right. Uh, in, I mean, th- there's tons. I mean, there are tons of archaeological. There's tons of corroborating sources. Josephus is a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of things that corroborate the, the you know scripture, the, the, yeah. the scripture the history and and all of these things that have come together yeah They're like overwhelming and we kind of talked about that last week just right. the overwhelming evidence but but we we also talked about the fact that people people ignore the evidence they don't it doesn't ultimately get them right you know? yeah dr grudem recounted a story where in 1968 he was at fuller seminary yeah. and they were saying oh the the word of god the, there's not proof for everything in the word of god but we still like we still hold its meaning to be valuable but it's not the inerrant word of god is what they were saying his right. professor you know one example is this place in jericho they say that it's 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 there but it, we never found it right well lo and behold in 1990 <laughs> They were doing some excavating. They found they the found city it. of Jericho. Yeah. They found the walls yeah. had fallen in, like the scripture says, 
And it was, it was an amazing archaeological find. Even in that, though, they said, oh, but the, the timing, the dating of mm-hmm. this is, is a couple hundred years off from when Israel would have been there. And so that was like a thing where they, they kind of acknowledged it, but then they refuted right. it as well. Well, then, lo and behold, several years later in the early 2000s, uh, another person reexamined the archaeological finds and all the things and said, no, no, the dating was wrong. And it actually <laughs> does line up with Scripture. Yeah. You know, and Dr. Grudem makes the point, that as Christians, uh, we don't we we look at these outside sources, and we don't always know. Um, you know, people say this and they say that this doesn't line up, that doesn't line up. But ultimately, it's because we don't have all the facts. Right. We are infallible humans looking at this, trying to gather all these facts together. But if all the facts are known, yeah. If we are able to know, then it will corroborate the text. And sometimes yeah. it's just saying, you know, Doctor Grudem said, "I'm going to believe this because it's what." God wants me to believe. And at some point, the facts will be made known that this is a reality. This is true because he does believe it's the infallible and errant word of God. Well, and that's the thing. If you if you don't want to believe something, you can and will find ways and reasons why you don't believe it. And uh, and so we ultimately recognize that we don't know everything. That's right. We just don't know everything. And, uh, but the and great so thing we have is, to trust the one who does. The great <laughs> thing is, I mean, the, the Bible spoke about things way before its time. They spoke about the the, the stars and the planets, and it mm-hmm. spoke of the sun rising. Before all of these things were know, known yeah. scientifically, Right. before Galileo, before Copernicus, before all of these people that in their time right. were revolutionary, yeah. the Bible affirmed all these things. Yeah. Well, and it's cool. The uh, and we'll get. I'm I'm excited to talk about inerrancy. I think yeah. a lot of this is going to come out in that. But, but they they uh, there's so much in the Bible that if you knew everything in the world, it, it would be like you, you would be a, you would be amazed at what the Bible says and how how much the Bible points to it all. Right. And so as we learn, you know, science. You know, this is off topic, but science was really brought about by Christians recognizing that God created the world with order with structure. And we said, let's see what this structure really looks like. And that's why science even exists, uh, because we wanted to see how God structured things, how things work. And uh, because we recognize that. But but at the end of the day, these things don't convince. I think a good way to think about it is these things can confirm what is true, but they're not necessarily convincing. It's really the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who convinces us of the truth of God's word as we sit down and read it. And I've heard pastors say, like Charles Stanley used to say, you know, hey, go read the Bible and ask God to show you the truth. And he will. Yeah. I don't have to argue everything with you. I just need you to go read the Bible because mm-hmm. God is the one who is going to convince you, not me. And uh, and that's really encouraging, I think, parents, Christians, you know, we can we can rest in the fact that the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the one who convinces us of these things ultimately. Um, not to say, you know, we need to know about these these other evidences and things like that, but we can rest in the Lord. That's and right. so, um, you know, the Bible, this is where things start getting so so you've been recognizing something. We're gonna we're getting closer to an objection, something we have to deal with, but but the idea is that the words of scripture are they self-attest. So that means they are the thing that, so the Bible keeps going back to the Bible to say that it is. Yeah. It's a circular authority. reasoning. Mm-hmm. And people definitely say that this is a, um, you can't have this circular reasoning, but I mean, ultimately 
many things are, are like this. You know, we talked about the authority structures that we, that we have in our world with the government and things like that. And I think it's important to realize that God's word is the ultimate authority because God is the ultimate authority. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it has to, at the end of the day, and Grudem really talks about this well, you, if you're talking about ultimate things, mm-hmm. it has to be circular because right. there's nothing higher that is more valuable to, to look at, to, right. to attest you know, when, to. When it. God calls uh, into a covenant, there is yes. there is no person that he can call to hold him accountable. He's, he yeah. he calls in the heavens and the and the stars and the planets as mm-hmm. as his witnesses yep. because there's I mean there is nothing greater, greater than God and he and he and he swears by his own name right exactly because there because because he can't swear by there's nothing more than him right and so he is the only thing that can hold himself accountable right. Um, and so it's like, well, that's circular. Well, that's that's the thing about God is he is the only thing that doesn't require something outside of himself. And so the word is similar to that because it comes from him. It's, it's kind of like if you have a court case and you you take it through all of the systems and you go all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the final yeah. ultimate authority. And when you get a judgment from the Supreme Court, everyone recognizes there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, That's the final authority. And they their word has become the final judgment in that, in that way. And so God, we know is the, is the ultimate authority. There's no higher authority than God. Yeah. And because his word comes from God, it is authoritative in our lives. And so I, I think the thing I've seen with people wrestling with this issue of circular reasoning and the highest authority is like, well, how do I know that it's real? I mean, if it's just saying it about itself, how do I know it's real? And, you know, Grudem helps us out. And as you just think through life, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to what, what system of authority actually works with reality the most, you know, what, what actually works with reality. And, and Grudem says this, he says, the Bible will commend itself as being far more persuasive than any other religious book, such as the Book of Mormon or the Quran. And, and more than any other intellectual constructions of the human mind, like logic, human reason, sense experience, scientific methodology, the Bible will be seen to be fully in accord with all that we know about the world around us, about ourselves, and about God. So what he's saying is reality, when you rightly understand reality, you're just going to see the Bible and say, oh yeah, that's true. You know, it's just something you recognize. And, uh, and I think that's hard for people to get, to get their minds around. Yeah, I, think, I know it's hard for me. Well, I think people have a hard time with authority in general. Yeah. And so trying to line up our lives with, uh, the word of God because of the sin nature, mm-hmm. you know, even though we are redeemed people, we still struggle with the flesh and we have a heart, like the natural rebellion of the sin nature yeah. is like, I don't want, you can't tell me what to yeah. do. Yeah. And so I think that there's some of that, even in Christians, and so we look at God's word and we try to, and now, now we're in a mode in our culture where we're trying to shape and change and mold God's word to fit what we want to think Yes, yes. rather That's than rampant. doing good interpretation of God's word, good scholarly work and studying the Bible and saying, okay, this is what God's word means. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to conform my life to it. Yeah. And so ultimately we become our own authority, our own gods. And yeah. it's really dangerous. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talked about this earlier 
where our our U.S. government has the Constitution. Right. That is our that is our ultimate authority in our of governmental law. system. Right. Mm-hmm. And if the government says uh, I'm going to do this and it doesn't line up with the Constitution, they're they're in essence saying we are our own authority now. Right. They are claiming their own authority. Yeah, and that's dangerous. That's extremely we're, we're, yeah. because mm-hmm. then <laughs> I could talk about they that. can make up they can uh-huh. make up whatever they want at that point, right. and they can they can change. To, to benefit themselves. This is exactly what happened with the Catholic Church. Right. Yes. They yeah. changed and, and became and whatever they wanted to do, however mm-hmm. they wanted it to come out in the, their favor. Yep. <clears throat> authority rested in the church and in the in the in the Pope and right. things like that, rather than in God's word. So, so it becomes yeah. it becomes changing mm-hmm. because people change. Yeah. yeah. God's word does not does change. Not, yeah. mm-hmm. And so when we in our own lives do uh, disregard God's word. We are in essence saying, "I am the authority of my life." Yeah, and which that's just the Garden of Eden all over again. Ultimately, that like is that's a what very is. dangerous place to be in yeah. our spirituality to say, "I am the ultimate authority." That's and yeah. So okay, so so this is super important. The Bible says it. Um, it, if if it's true, okay. So here's the thing: if it's true that the Bible, all Scripture, is really God's words. That means that to disbelieve it or disobey it is to disbelieve or disobey God. Hmm. To disbelieve yes. or disobey the Bible is to disbelieve. And it's like, maybe it's like, duh, maybe that's a duh thing. But like, how often do we disobey or disbelieve the Bible mm-hmm. and say, well, this is what God wants me to do, but we're disbelieving and disbelieving the Bible itself, what God says. So. Right. So that means the authority of Scripture requires us to believe what the Bible says, right? Yes. Yeah, we have to believe it, form a biblical uh, worldview, a biblical theology. I mean, all of these things have to come out of the Bible. If there's a situation in life that comes up, you know, it's the Bible, there are there are things that are right or wrong, right. you know, and the Bible is very clear. Um, do not murder. Right. Yeah. That's right or wrong. Yeah. But Jesus also comes to us and says, let me give you the real intent or the heart of the mm, law. Yeah. It's not physical murder. It's not like I, you know, he says, what about if you hate your brother? Yeah. Isn't it as if you've murdered them in your heart already? Right. You know, and so it, Jesus is saying, it's not the physical act because you could walk around and say, well, I've not murdered anyone. And you could be lost as yep. a goose yep. in a hailstorm. That's, you know, that's good. That's the, it's the root. We were actually, the students and I were last night, we were listening to, uh, our our Bible study in John chapter one, and the preacher was saying, sin is not just actions; it's not just bad behavior. It is it is like your thoughts. It's a big matrix of all of these things: your thoughts, your right. emotions, your it's your identity uh, that we are born in because right. of the fall, right? And so and so we have right or wrong things. Jesus mm-hmm. helps us to interpret some of these things, but also we have gray areas in life, things that are matters of conscience, things that are not always clear right or wrong mm-hmm. well we have to go to god's word and study and understand what yeah. is the intent where is the um where where's the holy spirit leading me yeah. in this direction and be comfortable with understanding and knowing i have this conviction based in god's word and that's a little more nuanced yeah. there as well uh, a lot of people like the right or wrong because right. They want because it's easy. It's easy, yeah. It's like sports. I mean, like you said, it's 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 so much nicer when you're watching a game and it's like they made a clear touchdown, right? You know what I mean? It's it can be really 
tense and aggravating when it's like we can't tell if they made the touchdown or not. We have right. to we have to review and review and review. It's like ah, it's just it's complicated and and stressful. Right. Yeah. Well, there was a whole controversy a few years ago about what is a catch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like they had to write rule. They had to write a rule, then rewrite a rule mm-hmm. because like what what constitutes a catch in football? Right. You know. And it's like we would think. Oh, that's simple because you you catch the ball, but right. then there were so many sort of like, okay, they catch it, but then if you fumble or yeah. you know, when does when when are you when are you getting the ball? When are you receiving yeah. it? Are you they called it? Do you make a football move? <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> what Isn't is every that? move a football well, move in a that, game of football? That's what's so different about this. This is where the Bible is different from that because yeah. it's not. We don't have to. We don't have to figure it out. God, who invented life, right. invented reality has already thought through all of those things. That's right. And so we don't have to figure it out. It's already in the rule book. It's that's already right. there. And so that's what you're getting at, I think. That's is, right. Yes. Is we need we need that in order to believe the truth. But it takes knowing God's word. Yeah. It takes reading. It takes studying. This is not something that um, we can just uh, read some verses on a yeah. meme on Facebook and get God's word. I mean, right. this is reading books of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta right? get into it. Yes, yeah, you you gotta get in. You don't know what it. you believe until you know it. I know a guy. It. I know a guy. He's listening through the Bible. He doesn't doesn't have time to read it, so he's listening through the Bible, and he's on his like fourth or fifth time listening through the oh, Bible. That's cool. And it's really cool to hear him talk. He he knows he knows what the Bible says about stuff. It's really cool. So there's ways to do it. So you gotta you gotta believe it, which means you gotta read it. You gotta know it, but not just believe it. We don't need to be just hearers of the word, but doers, right? We mm-hmm. the the authority of scripture requires us to actually obey it, right? Right. Yeah. We have um, to. Oh, we have to obey it. There are so many uh, scriptures. You know, a couple of them. Uh, John fifteen twenty. If you keep my words, uh, they will also keep yours. Second Peter three two. You should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord your Savior through your apostles. I mean, yeah, G- Jesus, Jesus expects this. He comes at them and says, it, you know, uh, I forget the actual reference. It was in I think it was John fifteen, where he says, you know, if you are my friends, you will obey yes, my yes. commands. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's very clear. There's an, an expectation of obedience in our lives to adhere to God's word. Well, and James is all about that. His point in James is you don't actually believe something if you simply just know it in your mind, but don't live it out. Right. And he says in 2.19, James 2.19, even the demons believe and they shudder. The demons know things more than... The demons know theology better than we do, Mm -hmm. okay? But they don't love it. They don't love Jesus. They, They don't act in accordance they don't obey him he's not their lord even though they know him <laughs> better than we do sometimes you know uh, or know about him that is they don't know him like we do but they know about him and so that's the difference we have to obey it. and this is where this is this is where the rubber meets the road i mean well, this is this I is think, a big deal i think one of the things is uh, the the fruit of your life part of it is obedience and you know, I want to be careful here because mm-hmm. we're not we're not talking about perfectionism here. We're not talking about works based righteousness, <laughs> right. right? But I do think that there's an expectation where a believer is going to obey God. So if you yeah. are if you are constantly living your life in direct violation of the Scripture, and you know it, yeah, and you say, "I know God's word tells me to do this, but I'm doing this." Yeah, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm I'm walk. I'm willfully and wanting to walk into sin. Here's the thing: you examine your spiritual life. You could just be backslidden, walking away from the right. Lord. You need to 
go to him in repentance and be and be forgiven and redeemed. But there may be people that are that are actually not believers that think they're believers. Yes. I think that one of the biggest problems that I see in Christian in Christianity today is not people who are blatantly like, I know what the Bible says, but I'm not going to do it anyway. It's more people who say, yes, I fully agree with the Bible. But then, but then they don't live in accordance with what they say they believe. And they almost don't even recognize that. Mm. And I think we all have those areas, right? We all have areas where we're not obeying scripture and we don't even know it. Mm. And the problem is we don't, we don't want to grow in our obedience, we just want to grow in our knowledge or in our in our emotions, right? And what we need is to say, God, show me where I'm disobeying you so that I can so that I can walk more in line with you because I love you. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of us who are saying we believe the Bible, and there are people who are blatantly dis, dis, disregarding it, but then there are people who are disregarding it in big ways. Mm-hmm without even realizing it. And that's where we need to ask God to change us, help us see our own sin. Right. Um, sometimes yeah, uh, we disobey it, because we don't even, we don't even see it. Yeah. And if there's a pattern of willful disobedience and no, no desire to repent or no, yeah. no, no sorrow or uh, anything in your life, then you need to really examine that's your spiritual scary. walk and, and where you're at, because there are eternal consequences. We talk about Proverbs 14, 12, mm-hmm. Romans 6, 23, uh, th- there are eternal consequences, yeah. and sometimes there are real life consequences. Yeah. You know, you you could if you disobey God's word, you could run into an issue with the law. Yeah, you church could discipline. In, you could run into an issue in your marriage. Yeah, uh, you could run into an issue with the church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all in Scripture. That's all there. So, so this matters a lot. It matters to God, and uh, and one of the biggest reasons why, as we kind of start to wrap this up, is that you know Scripture. Is it is so all this, you know, we have to believe it, we have to obey it because it's from God, and it's not just another thing that's helpful, it's not just another opinion that's a really important opinion. It's not like God is just one of many important opinions out there, it, it He is the standard of truth. All of our ideas have to be measured by God's word, yeah, it, it really rests in the character of God. Right. Yes. And, you know, the fact that God cannot lie or speak falsely, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about nothing's impossible for God. And that is true in one sense. But that doesn't mean God can do anything because God cannot lie. Yes, that's a, yeah, exactly. God, is there are some things God cannot do. It is impossible for God to lie. Yep. He will never do things that are against his own character. And that's what we see in Titus 1, 2, where it says, uh, in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies. Yeah. Never lies. Second Samuel seven twenty eight. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true. Uh, you have promised this good thing. Yeah, Hebrews six eighteen. Yeah, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, who uh, we who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And so, because of this reason, we can cling to the truth of God's word because yeah. we know God is not lying. Yeah. God lying. is always truthful with us. You know what's really encouraging about that? All of those, all of those verses, all the things in which it's saying God does not lie, all all connect to the promise of uh, eternal life That's in right. Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's saying like this. You need to trust because this. the gospel is based in God's character. Yes. Here, here's why this is so important, Brian. Because if 
God can lie. If the word of God is not true, then really our salvation, the very foundation of the gospel becomes in question. This is where heresy gets, gets really deep because someone says, Oh, God's word is not infallible, inerrant, true word of God. It's some of the words of God, but we don't know, blah, 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 blah. They say all these things. Mm -hmm. Well then, If I begin to build my life on that, how do I know that the hope of the gospel, how do I know that that's true? You have to doubt every, well, and that's the thing about all of those things. All of it begins to erode. If if the authority of God's word is not cemented in your mind, Mm -hmm. every little theology, every little like thing starts to get chipped away until your faith begins to crumble. And and that's the the issue. All of those things that you just talked about really come from, when you study that, it comes from a philosophy of unanswerable skepticism. It is always be a skeptic, even of the answers that answer your questions, be a skeptic. And that is fundamentally uh, not faith. You know, well, didn't Jesus say in Matthew seven, he said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds a house on a rock. Mm -hmm. And when the rain fell and the floods came, the wind blew and beat the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Yeah. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Jesus tells us in that verse that we must build our life on the solid rock foundation of the word of God. If we do not, our, our faith are, will yeah. not stand. Our lives, our lives will not stand. Yeah, your life, your very life, your your parents, your the, the raising of your children. It, this is the foundation for it. This right. is why we're talking about this stuff. It's not because we love this stuff. We, we talk about it anyway, but like... We're we're the youth pastor and the kids pastor. He's been the youth pastor before. Like we love families. This is fa- this is what you need. We're begging ourselves to really cement our lives in the Word of God, and and we're asking you, listener, make this so important. You know, there's so many verses about God's Word being true. It's true. Proverbs thirty, uh, Psalm one nineteen, Matthew twenty four. It's true. It's not going to pass away. God's Word is true over and over again. But I love John seventeen. 17, Jesus is praying and he says, sanctify them in the truth. And then he says, your word is Mm. truth. And Grudem makes a big point about this. He says, Jesus doesn't use the word is true. Mm -hmm. He he uses the Greek word that means the truth. He's saying God's word is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's all we need. Yep. That's exactly right. And we're going to get into, man, there's so much yeah, there's more, we're more get into in, with inerrancy. I will say this. Let me give you one practical application of this. You know, in the culture that we live in, uh, there are so many things that, that come into question nowadays. You know, there have been, um, you know, we, we think about so many cultural things that are accepted yeah. now. Yeah. We think about uh, abortion. Yeah. We think about homosexuality, transgenderism. Yeah. Modesty. Uh, yeah. yeah we, there are so many issues. Those are just some of the kind of hot button issues. Mm-hmm. But let me take you back to a time when this became very uh, real. And it, and it may come to this once again. Uh, you know, we think about the, the pre-Reformation when the Catholic mm. Church had a monopoly on God's word and everything yeah. the Catholic Church said was 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 law, was true, even though the common people were not reading God's word because they wouldn't let it be translated yeah, couldn't. Into, yeah. <laughs> into English or to German or whatever the language was. And so, um, 
Martin Luther was one of the brave men that, that stood up at that time. And he was really speaking against Catholic indulgences because right. the word of God says uh, that salvation comes through faith. Yeah. Right. Um, but they were saying, if you buy these in the Catholic church says, if you buy these indulgences, you are buying time off of purgatory. You're buying time into, into heaven. Right. So therefore you literally can buy <laughs> salvation. <laughs> and Martin Luther was like, this is crazy. Yeah, where is this in the Bible? <laughs> so he had written books. He had, you know, he was brought up on charges of, yeah. of heresy. And he was brought before that. We, there was a famous meeting, the Diet of Orms, and they gave him the chance to recant. And he asked, let me have one day to think about it. He prayed and he came back and he said this statement, I am bound to the scriptures I have quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. I cannot do otherwise. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. Yeah. He said that before the emperor, <laughs> before the representatives of the Pope. I mean, it was, it, it was just unbelievable that he yeah. stood there probably his heart in his throat, but he, yeah. he knew that his authority was the word of God. Right. There was no higher authority, not that emperor, yeah. not the Pope, not anyone else. Yeah. It was the word of God. And if they said something contrary to the word of God, he was going to hold the word of God higher because it came from God. He was more fearful, more, uh, more worried about offending God yeah. than he was the emperor. That's right. And I pray that we as Christians would have that same attitude, that we would be more fearful yeah. of offending God than we will our culture. Yeah. There are so many of us that are bowing down to the idol of culture right now, and it is scary. Yeah. Christians, yeah. pastors, leaders, yeah. teachers, and we cannot we're do that. We're abandoning. When we abandon the Bible, we are abandoning our Lord. That's just true. Um, and... And Jesus says that his sheep know his voice, and they they will not listen to a stranger. They will flee the stranger, and they will follow his voice. Right. You know, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. the The Word of God all points to Jesus Christ, and and it is the um, revelation of who God is to us. It is it is how we have a relationship with God uh, nowadays is how we listen to him um, guided by the Holy Spirit. That's right. So yeah, we, we, we got to do this. We got to right. stick to it. We have to understand that uh, we may not be culturally accepted. Right. We may not be in the majority, but just like these reformers, a few people stood up for the, for, for the right change thing, the world, change the world. I, I'm even I, in yeah. the time of Jesus, when John the Baptist yes. was some crazy man yes. out preaching repentance in the wilderness, yep. like who is that crazy yep. man Preach out it. there? Yeah. I'm telling you, change there may the be a few of us that will stand up and stand on God's word and it may not be popular. Yeah, but I'm more concerned about what God thinks than I, than I am about what the world thinks. And that, and yeah, and we, oh man, that's good. We could we could talk about this forever, uh, but we can't. So listeners, thank you. But <laughs> but here's the deal: at the end of the day, remember God's word changes us, not the other way around. And so the question is: is do you let God's word change you? Yeah. What does this mean for our families? Mm -hmm. Before we before we close, let's just let's end with this question here: uh, What does this mean for our families as yeah. parents? Yeah. What do we need to do? How can we um, how can we make the authority of God 
central in our in our parenting. Yeah, we we, we just need to first of all read it. We need to listen to it. Do do whatever you got to do to get it in your mind, and then you need to ask the Holy Spirit to transform you. That's what it takes, you know. Jesus Jesus transforms us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so don't try to fix yourself. Go to Jesus and let him fix you. Yeah, and talk to your kids about things in terms of, hey, this is what the world is telling us, but mm-hmm. then let's look at what the Bible says. Amen. And and not in a way that we're enemies. Uh, well, right. we are enemies of the world, but n- not, not in the way host- that we're... Not in hostility, not right. in anger We or want anything. to yeah. teach our children that we are seeking to love and yeah. transform the world with the power of the gospel, but right. we will not compromise what right. we believe. And That's so right. there may be some hard conversations. There may be some things that you have to talk to. And, and you know what? That means that your kids don't get to watch every popular right. show. They yeah. don't get to watch or go or and do whatever yeah. they want yeah. Yeah. because there are things that are right and, and wrong. Ne- and neither do we. And neither well, do we. Well, that's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to be our authority first. So anyways, um, we hope that this has been helpful. Uh, next time, we, we actually got a different episode coming up next. Yes. We're going to be talking about some important things with uh, Pastor Allen. It'll be more focused on our church. Yes. But it, it'll definitely be encouraging and helpful for, for, for everyone, I believe. Yeah. Um, but then after that, we're going to dive into inerrancy. Uh, the hot, that one's Ooh. that one's a hot topic. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into that. But it's going to be good. In the meantime, thank you for Have a great day and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. It's like is it like one of the best sports of all time. A jockey? You just don't even recognize it because it's like it's kind of like Oh, you want to play some hockey, eh? Let's go out in the frozen pond and hit this puck around. It's like the Holy Spirit oh, yeah? illuminating truth. And oh you yeah. Just haven't have been illuminated of the so truth. So good. I love being out in the frozen weather <laughs> for so long. Listen, when freezing you are fees freezing my keister off. When oh, you're yeah. allowed to like don't just you know wail on each other, just punch each other over and over again. Like that's it's all, called that's MMA. An awesome sport. They've got that. Yeah, and people love it, and that's why exactly. hockey's even better because yeah. <laughs> it incorporates even hockey's more. Hockey's like, let's see, how can we do MMA but like have a little bit of like competition, like <laughs> have some breaks in between the fights? I think that's what they came up with. That's pretty okay. I'm good with that. I think that's a good. Was it invented point. in Canada? I I'm not sure where it was invented. Can- Canadians are so nice. You would think they wouldn't want to fight with each other, or do they just like, oh, sorry, I punched you in the face, <laughs> poser. <laughs> Holzer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was pretty good. That's I'm not even gonna attempt to to do that. (laughs) That was pretty good. Uh so anyways, we could talk about sports. We like racing. We both like racing.